Canuck Central in the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. It's uh, Dan Richo and Satyar Shah with you here on uh, on Canuck Central. A lot of um, a lot of reaction. On the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox, 650-650 is how you get in touch with us here on the show. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Let's bring in our next guest, head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. It is Brad Larson. Thanks for this, Brad. Uh, how is it being back in the home province? It's always good coming back home. I wish there was a little bit more sun, but, you know, I understand how it works in, at this time of year. But, no, it, it, I love coming back to Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver in January. you got to make sure to pack the umbrella, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, so uh, how's, uh, how's things going for you? Uh, how's, how's this season been so far? Well, I mean, it's been challenging. There's no question about it. We, uh, You know, you, you come in with a lot of excitement, and, and you know, we just – gosh, we, we've hit – uh, the amount of injuries and long-term injuries into the key guys, it, it just went, it would seem like every day for about two, three weeks, we're losing a guy for either two months or for the season. So I uh, got off the rails there and, and uh, you know, we've got a little bit healthier as, as of late, but then lost uh, another guy last game. So uh, it's one of those things where uh, you had to kind of refocus and, and, and look through, through different lenses because it was, he got frustrated and, you know, and, and growth, uh, like they say, is, is sometimes it's not a straight line or linear, right? It, it, it goes up and down. And we got a lot of young guys here, and, and they're, uh, you know, they're working hard and for their ice time. And and now we're, uh, you know, we've had a couple of decent games here and got some points in three of our last five. So that's been nice. I'm sure, you know, I'll be, I'll, always when you head into a hockey game, the focus is trying to win. But given how the season has kind of gone and the injuries you guys had off the bat that really kind of set you back and now you have the reality that you're faced with, you're trying to win every game, but considering how many young guys you have, like what is the focus you really have, whether it's process, results on a day-to-day basis, to try to make some marginal games until the end of the season? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, the, the whole thing about any season is you, you want to see improvement and, and from year to year, you know, and, and uh, just due to our circumstance, that improvement's going to probably look different. It, it, you know, in the wins and losses, we play the games to win. I mean, that's, that's why we play, right? And, uh, you know, the, I, I think it was about a, three weeks or a month ago, we were playing in Philly, and, and I looked at my card, and we had nine rookies in the lineup um, and two other guys that had 30 games or less. So it was almost like 11 rookies. And you just shake your head, right? And and it, it, it's crazy. But – you know, the league doesn't stop and you still got to grow. And, and so, yes, you, you process, uh, practices, practice habits, how we compete and battle, you know, and it's not about working. I mean, if we're teaching work, then, then we're, we're probably way behind the game as it is. But, you know, consistency um, for young guys and, and, you know, we talk about opportunity. You know, there was at, at one point, like I said, there's nine rookies in your lineup, which means if, if we have these other nine or ten NHL guys uh, that are healthy, there's a good chance that most of those guys aren't in. So take advantage of this opportunity, prove that you can play in this league. And, um, you know, so we're, you know, every day, you know, and it really is, I know it's cliche, but it really is just a day to, day to time mentality, uh, focus on our team and, and growth and, and go from there. 
you know, uh, there's a recent coaching change here in, in Vancouver, as was uh, has been the story the last couple of weeks around the league. But, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about practice habits uh, in, in these last couple of days. Like, what is what do you mean as a head coach when, when you talk about, you know, getting those practice habits up to a level that, that you should expect from your players? Well, the, the number one thing is just you want execution, right? You, you want Christmas. You want You want to make sure things are – done right in that pace and you know and, and every this is a time of year where it gets tough too because you look at any of the team schedules i'm sure i you know actually you know i saw edmonton it's not so bad right now but i know ours has been it's been ruthless so you know you, you're you're lucky to get a practice in and if you do you, you can probably practice for 30 35 minutes but how you how you design your practice what's important and maybe what your focus is and, and getting the players and your leaders got to lead it um, you know, again, it, it's all the little details within it. If you have one team drill, make sure the focus is is, is spot on and you're doing the details right. Um, but pace, execution, all those things that we talk about, it, it's important, especially with a young team. You know, if you can't make passes when nobody's checking you, how are you going to do it when, when you get another team, right? So uh, just making sure that uh, everything's done at a, at a high level, at an NHL level. Well, you know, as far as young players are concerned, I mean, you, you looked like a guy like Cole Sillinger last year. I remember Brad talking to you and how impressive it was to see him play as a rookie. And he's one of those guys, obviously, has pedigree from, from from his dad, of course, and he's been around the game. Smart hockey player. But even smart hockey players, guys who have success as rookies, the second season, it can be a bit of a challenge. What's been the biggest thing that he's gone through and, and how valuable and instructive can it be to have him go through this to try to get him through it and also make him a better player through these struggles? Well, there's a couple things, and that's a little bit later. Like the, the first thing is, you know, he he's still 19. You know, mm-hmm. guys forget about that. He's got a he's he's got a a real good maturity about him, um, but he's 19 years old. And you know, we all talk about your first year expectations that they don't really have any. And so there's always that hanging over your head. He had a he had a solid year with 16 goals and 30 some points. So you know, now you've set the bar, and if it doesn't get off to a good start then, you know, you're almost chasing it at times. But the the big thing that I've seen with, with Cole, and, and not just him, with other guys, is that due to the amount of injuries and what we've had in, the, in, in our veteran guys, you know, the Zach Wierenski's been out for 30-plus games. The Jake Vorchek, our top scorer, has been out 30-plus games. And Justin Danforth, Chinnikoff, you know, he had Boone Jenner miss a month. He had Boquist miss two months. He had Jake Beans out for the season. Texier didn't make his way over. Like, these are all NHL uh, identity type guys that you surround your young guys with, right? So what happens is you get vulnerable. And and I, and I think some of these guys have, have having to take on a lot that maybe they're not so much ready for and not their fault. And and that's the si- situation and circumstance we're in. So, you know, when you when you go and we, we used Kent Johnson at center, for example, you know, a month ago, and, and because we were thin on center and he's playing in our top two center role, you know, you roll into Tampa, well, you're playing against Stamco, Sorelli, and Kalorn, or you're playing against Braden Point and Kucherov and Hagel. So that's a that's a big task for a guy who's learning the position who hasn't played it in, in two years and, and learning at the NHL level. So I think Cole's been, uh, you know, you feel like you want to insulate these guys with veterans and, and some different guys, but you, but you can't. And that's just where we've been at with the amount of injuries and, and the guys who got injured, you know, who would normally be in your lineup that you can – it's not protect them, but surround them with some veteran guys, some guys that have uh, a little bit of uh, different styles. And, and we've just been lacking in players, and that's been a real hard thing for these guys. 
Uh, sometimes, you know, well, the, 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 the toughest thing for young players, I guess, uh, especially uh, when, when things aren't going their way, can can be to get them to trust the process, Brad. Like, how do, how do you how do you keep them trusting in, in the process and, and uh, getting them to to maybe uh, focus on getting some little wins, even when things are, are tough? Well, growth, growth isn't always goals and assists and growth isn't always wins and losses, right? Yeah. Like sometimes growth is dealing with adversity. Sometimes growth is dealing with a tough season and, and life issues and team issues. And so there's, there's lots that you can grow with in, in, in a team and, and with an individual. So, you know, you look at, at the circumstance we've been in with the, the amount of injuries and guys who have been out, the key guys have been out, you know, the growth is probably going to look different. So, Yes, uh, your practice habits, which are always important, that that's going to be majorly important in, in what those expectations look like. And dealing with adversity, it's amazing when you watch these guys how much you can learn from people when, when things aren't going well. And uh, nobody wants to go through it, but you can learn a lot about yourself. It reveals a lot of, of what that character looks like and how you handle it. You know, the, these are the things that uh, you can grow from and, and really lean on later in your career when, when your team is better. You know, I've always said winning's easy. And, and, mm-hmm. and now the point is it's not easy to win, but when you're winning, everybody's having fun and there's small little fires. When you're losing, everything is exponentially worse than it probably is. Uh, you know, the fires are bigger, the more disappointment, all these things. But if you, if you handle it correctly and you put the work in and you're, you know, you still stay true to your character and, and you work at it, there can be a ton of growth in a year like this. Well, and as far as the coaching perspective goes, when when going through this, and you know, when it comes to especially, you know, we're talking about professional athletes and people that make a lot of money to, to make sure everybody stays at the very least focused through it and together. Like, what are some things? And I know you can't go into f- full detail for all your strategies, but what are some things that you that you try to do through a season like this to make sure that you still have the overall buy-in with the group? Yeah, we won't go into everything, but honestly they need to know that we're with them you know it, it's not us against them it's not you know it's we're all in this together from from the the management side uh, to the coaches to the players like we're everybody's disappointed everybody's feeling it you know when you're not winning how it's you know everyone says well i want to have fun well you have fun when you're winning that's just the reality of, of what we do so you know you you you, you know you, you you bunker down with them and and you continue to teach and you continue to uh, try and grow them and support them and, you know, and push them and hold the accountability high and all these things that we talk about, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard. And, and that's, I think that's number one is, is continue to, to communicate with them, to grow them, to help them out. Like my number one job is trying to help these guys. And, and that's what we're trying to do every day as coaches. And just looking at your squad, I mean, you know, when you guys do get healthy and, and look into the future with as many young guys as you have, I mean, it can be really exciting to see what this team puts together. And, and before we let you go, we do have to ask about a couple of big stars you guys have up front. Patrick Line, who's obviously back and he's been playing well for you guys when he's in the lineup. Johnny Goudreau, you know, making his you know his debut this season as a Columbus Blue Jacket. Uh, what is it like to have Goudreau a part of the mix and, and just how much talent and chemistry could be there between those two guys when they are on the same line? Yeah, it's well, John, Johnny's he's such a good player, and he's he's on an elite level, and his ability to create uh, something from nothing is is really at a high level. Um, even in a tough year, he's had a good year for us. Uh, you know, with Patrick, Patrick's been out three different times with us, 
uh, and you know, with with injury and illness and different things, and some of it for longer stretchers than others. I think once was for two weeks, another one was for almost a month. So, you know, chemistry is built over time, and you know, I think there's a ton of potential for that group, uh, those two, to to find that. But again, it, it's it's almost like you know they're asking about the power play and, and the struggles, and I said, well, we, we've we've really had no time together as as a five man unit uh, in the first almost 50 games, and. Um, if you counted all the games together, it would be minimal. And you look at the best power plays in the league, it takes time. They're, they've been together for years, and they kind of build on the playbook, and they, they, they learn the nuances of each other and what they can do as a five-man unit. So those guys, there's so much potential. Uh, uh, and it is exciting when you look at the Kent Johnsons and the Marchenkos and the Cole Sillingers, and, uh, and then you add, you know, when Zacharensky gets back, and, and, you know, if we were to get Jake Borchick back, and you look at the group that we have, you know, you go, wow, there's there's something there. And we can be really competitive uh, every night. And, and so, you know, yeah, it, it's tough right now. It, it Nobody wants to go through this, but we're in it. And we're going through it. And, you know, so we got to buckle up and, and continue to push. Brad, really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for this. Enjoy Vancouver. You bet. Thanks, guys. Uh, there is Brad Larson, uh, head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, joining us here on, uh, on Canuck Central. And a lot of good insights, Sat, because you know here in Vancouver, it's it's not about the wins and losses right now, and you you go through different uh, you go through different um, situations around the league, and you know Columbus is very much in that right now with where their season is headed. But you know, how do you still try to find wins, <laughs> at least from a coaching perspective? How do you continue to grow your roster work? towards something in the future while you aren't having, uh, you know, success, at least in the standings for this year. Yeah, and I mean, you know, with Brad, it's a bit different, obviously, compared to Rick Tockett coming in mid-season, and Mm -hmm. you have all this drama and uncertainty around the team, and it's just a fire that he's walking right into. He's trying to coach through an inferno that the organization is trying to put out. So it's a completely different outlook. But I do think it's interesting because – you get to a point here in the season, it becomes more about the lessons and it becomes more about what you're trying to establish beyond this season. And that's what you have to hone in on. And, you know, his challenge, especially, you know, Brad is coming with a team that had expectations, at least more expectations this year than had a lot of injuries. So now you have to kind of pivot a little bit. But at the same time, you got to make sure you maintain buy-in with your veteran group. You can't lose them as time goes on. And through losing, it's really easy to point fingers. Everything looks a lot worse. And that's where relationships, you, know, you oftentimes, oftentimes see fray on teams and coaches not be able to last through it. So it's a really big challenge. But for Tockett, there are similarities. And as he mentioned, when you get to this stage, it's yes, you're trying to win every game, but that's not the first and foremost goal. It's about establishing your foundation and maintaining that through everything. And we see that right now. We saw it last night, I think. <laughs> um, Rick Tockett taking the terrible performance from his players last night in Seattle as, uh, I don't know if it's an opportunity, but, I mean, we could power rank the different levels of haymaker he threw at his roster in his postgame availability, whether it was calling them soft, which is something – you rarely hear NHL coaches call their teams because, you know, soft is uh, it's a big word in hockey circles. <laughs> it's not one you want to throw too um, flippantly at your roster. And 
Also, and he uh, called out the leadership. He called out. He said he called out the team's character and willingness, and he called out the leadership of the team. Two games in, that was the biggest one. You know, uh, we've got to grow our leadership group. Like, wow, we're saying that after two days, uh, two games. I mean, that that to me was the comment that really stuck out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I mean. You don't normally hear those things in general. You don't normally hear those things. You hear them when a coach has been there for a long time. But I think what it showed more than anything is that Tockett knew what was going on coming in here. He thought, okay, the first game, he, he, he even mentioned that, hey, I know that this team has a hard time putting good efforts together back-to-back. It's a really difficult thing. But he kind of maybe thought, hey, coaches bump back-to-back games. Yeah, I mean, hey, at least they'll be more engaged. I think he was surprised by how bad it was. But it's also a sign of how little he cares about anybody's feelings right now. He didn't come in here to make sure he coddles anybody. It's about turning the heat up on the room and seeing who reacts. You know, and, and I think he does not care if that's going to be tough on Bo, if that's tough on JT, who you saw his minutes reduced last night. And I don't think that was a coincidence with how Taka was coaching that game. And you saw some of the body language stuff, which he has called out and talked about. That's not going to be something that we accept here in Vancouver. So you already saw signs of that. And I mean, you know, for all the talk about Bo and, and you know, the captain of the team who's having a really successful season. I mean, management's called out leadership. The previous coach called out leadership. The new coach called out leadership. I don't think he's afraid of pissing anybody off right now at all. And he, he shouldn't be, right? Like, this is – his task is to, to get this team playing and finding a more consistent level. I mean, we've seen this a ton of times this year. Saw it last year, too. You know, they'd get up and they'd, they'd play a, a great game against the Colorado Avalanche, and then uh, next game out they, you know, lay an egg. Uh, saw it on a, a couple of occasions this year. You know, they come home to play the Florida Panthers with a chance to to get back to 500, and they get, you know, walked off the ice. Same thing, uh, it was two, two games back-to-back back against the Washington Capitals and the Florida Panthers, and they lose both of those games 5-1. Left their goalie out to dry to the point that he injured himself uh, at Thatcher Demko. You know, like, the, the, it, it's been... There's more than a few embarrassing performances from this roster this year. And the first one under Rick Tockett, he used it as an opportunity to really go in on on the team. Like, you know, Bruce took some shots here and there. Um, A lot of times, you know, was very calculated when he would uh, be nice to his roster. And then other nights he would he would go in on them, calling out their will to win at one point. I remember that. We all remember that. Travis, you think about Travis, Travis, how often, if ever, really did Travis go in on the team post game? Like Travis was always very measured and tried not to be overly critical of the roster, even after really tough nights. Um, It's, it's not going to be the case. Like there is, there is no room. (laughs) Rick Tockett has got no time it seems like for what we've seen for the last couple of years here in Vancouver. And I think that's, you know, maybe, maybe it is the optimistic point of view. I am Mr. Positivity around these parts, but <laughs> they've desperately needed a coach like this in my eyes. Well, you know what they need? They need a coach that gets through to the players, you know, like that's what they need more than anything else. But they also, what's, what's very evident here is they just need to change the roster in such a massive way. Like the coach is only one part of it. And in many ways, it's a superficial part because the real meat has to come from um, the group. But really, it comes down to having a disciplinarian or somebody that just maintains the rules for the team because this team hasn't had 
rules maintained. So I, I don't I don't necessarily think that it has to be somebody who's uh, who's going to yell at them or is, isn't afraid. Just somebody that's going to hold guys accountable and maintain the standards of the rules that they set for the organization. And that's the type of thing that this team hasn't had enough of the past couple of years, right? And that's not to say the coaches weren't trying to establish it, but it wasn't getting established. And what was very clear with Boudreaux is that it wasn't this management team's guy. So now you have your own guy. You have a guy you feel like is going to set those rules. Great. Now go find the players that need to play here. You know, and let's find out which one of these guys go out. Like, you know, does somebody say, hey, get me out of here? And Maybe that's part of it as well with talking coming in, especially with the no-move clauses. We've heard the team has had trouble at times with that. Does this change that equation for some players that now all of a sudden may be like, you know what, I'll, I'll go play anywhere. I can't I can't do this anymore. I mean, is that part of the equation here too in terms of you know how the rest of the season goes? But I like talking. I like the idea of it. But it's only the, the smallest thing of the big picture stuff that you have to get right. The coach is the thing you get right, but the big moves now have to come. And this roster, Dan... We've seen enough. Like I've seen enough of this leadership group. You know, like this whole notion, and we talked about this yesterday. Overrated, underrated, for the core. This was before the game. People were like, is the core maybe underrated? Maybe, maybe they're better than we think. Maybe, maybe these guys. You can't bank on these guys. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> you know, you really can't. It has to change. It, it has to change. And and ultimately, you know, we talk about rules, non-negotiables. Like, wouldn't you want your leadership group to set some of those? You know. Yes. Yes. That's an indictment. Yeah. It's an indictment. It's the fact that that's not being upheld by your group. And this is something that Yannick talks about. He's like, forget the coach. It's on the players. Like The coach can only do so much. And again, because there was so much of a a gap between management and Boudreaux and how things were unfolding. But yeah, I mean, the biggest indictment here on the second game is the leadership group couldn't get these guys going. When you see everybody's like what, what Rutherford, but what um, Talk had said yesterday was, Nobody had it. Maybe one or two guys had it, but usually you see a few guys at least have it, like or at least a few guys don't have it. It's really, really weird that nobody has it. But like, like who's who's getting them going? You know, like where does that begin from? Like who's actually establishing that as a group? And if the coach is missing it, why aren't the players making sure that there's accountability that this is the way we play? We're not going to have this on our team. It doesn't exist. That's why the leadership gets called out here. Brandon in Vancouver, the first rule of Canucks hockey: there are no rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's exactly what it's been. Like, don't talk about the rules. Yeah. The first rule of being a Canuck player, don't talk about being a Canuck player. Uh, when JT gets benched, that's when I'll start listening. Um, yeah, I mean, fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't get benched last night, but what? He was the low man at even strength? Take him off the power play. You know, like, that's that's probably the next step for Rick Tockett. And Do now Rick like did- that. Now, what Talk had mentioned, I thought this was interesting. He's like, you know, I, I threw the guys out there again on the first unit power play to see if they would, you know, kind of, you know, get after each other, bitch at each other, snipe at each other a little bit, see if they, you know, yeah. they're going to be happy. But and they kind of went out there and meekly went into the night, <laughs> yep. right? Like that's what happened. And he, and he's like, okay, like if I had been here a while and I knew, I probably wouldn't have thrown those guys out there. But he's also trying to get a read on his guys, right? Yeah. Be like, okay, how do these, you know, what am I seeing here? Like who, who's gonna who's gonna be like, you know what? I've had enough of this. We need to change. Like this is I'm the one that's now dragging us back into this and none of that happened uh rick seeming to to win over some people even though there was a bruce there at his chant last night uh at climate pledge arena but uh, this one from bernie in Kelowna. i like the honesty from rick it's a breath of fresh air and it's about time good on him uh johnny mack talking is about to transform a troubled but offensively skilled vancouver team into a perennial loser with better systems at the expense of a talented creative offense this will not end well as elias Patterson will never re-sign under this coach that's from uh, johnny mack 
So I don't buy into the style of play getting in Pedersen's way because I think he's the type of player that actually generates a lot of his offense from being, you know, a very responsible hockey player. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he'd be he'd have a problem, I think, in terms of him. Like, he, What does Pedersen say? He wants to win. That's the most important thing. He wants to be a winner, and he wants to be a good all-around player and make make an impact. So if he's asked to sacrifice slightly some of his offense, let's say instead of being a 100-point guy, be a 90, 80-point guy, and let's focus in on a team game. I don't think that's going to piss off Pedersen. These guys, you know, I, these guys would have to be incredibly dull to not think that playing a little bit better defensively would ultimately help them win games. Yeah, and I don't think Tockett's style is, hey, let's trap it up and and let's just block shots and not do anything offensively and put one, you know, put, we can send one fourth checker. That's not. And, and teams don't play that way anymore around the league. The, no. the game is different. Everybody's somewhat aggressive. Some teams are just a bit. You know what it is? It's more about knowing time and place. Like honestly, like when I watch this team play, Dan, the thing that drives me nuts is time and place. Yeah, they have they have no concept of time and place, uh, none. Well, what what was the other thing Tockett said last night? We tried to hit a home run every shift. Yeah, and how how often do we talk about that? I mean, you know, like I said the other day, like I'm pissed I didn't trademark live to fight and live for another shift. <laughs> you know, fight to live for another. Because I mean, that's what I've been saying like on the post game show all season. Like, why can't these guys just play for the next shift at the very least? Yeah, you're down a goal, but you don't have to get it all back. And you try to get it back, next thing you know, you're down two nothing. Try to get it back in, now you're down three nothing. Like, how do you gradually build in a game? You know, like those things do not exist. Like Canucks hockey does not allow for that to happen. Um. As, as was very evident last night, you're not playing Chicago anymore. And uh, that, uh, I mean, Seattle really took the Canucks out to the cleaners last night. And as Rick Tockett said, a lot of work still to be done. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko will be a part of that work. Harmon Dial will join us. His take on the deal and where the Canucks go from here. That's next on Canucks Central.